Good morning, Thrive Church. Welcome to Church Online today. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us. Uh, if you have your copy of God's Word, just go ahead and jump in. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 7. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. And today, I want to talk to you about something that's so important to your walk with Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, uh, I want you to understand part of the most important thing about prayer that we all miss. Well, recently, uh, my son has started saying this to me, and it's hard because he just turned five, and he's in this place of kind of uh, independence. So I would say, hey, buddy, um, let me do this for you. He'll say, no, I got it, Dad. I can do it myself. And we all want our children to get to that point, right, where they're doing these things for themselves. We're not changing diapers anymore. We're not doing those things. Um, It is sad in a way because that season goes away, but it's also encouraging because you want your, your children, you don't want control of your children their whole life. You want them to continually grow and become independent human beings who can do for themselves. You don't want a 40-year-old child living in your basement playing video games, right? That's not the goal that anybody has for their children. And so what is actually beautiful in our earthly relationship can actually be detrimental in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because independence is beautiful when we do it apart from our earthly parents. However, independence can be hurtful and damaging if that's our role with our Heavenly Father. Matter of fact, when Jesus uh, taught his first sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, he was his inaugural sermon. He was sharing with everyone listening. And he kind of took you know, those three chapters of Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And what he does is he's kind of reshaping, he's deconstructing what they had been taught by cultural uh, religious standards. And he rewrites the script and says, hey, let me tell you, uh, you've heard it said, but now I'm going to tell you. I know you've seen it done this way, but now I'm going to tell you. And he does this when it comes to prayer. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, you're going to see a very familiar passage of Scripture. Um, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, so it may sound a little different, but it's what you've heard called the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer or things of that nature. But I want you to look at what Jesus says to all the Jewish listeners about what prayer is. And if you will join me in Matthew 6, verse 7, let's look at those Scriptures. He says, When you pray... Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. Those were non-Jews referring to pagans who their prayers sometimes were just babbling just chants over and over. That's what they did for their gods uh, that they served, the Greeks and people of that nature. He says they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them. And watch this. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he says this. Pray like this. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, if you were like me growing up, um, I wasn't really churchy. I wasn't a Christian, but I did know this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, you could probably recite this because you've heard it in some way. Maybe it was liturgical way at church growing up. Maybe it was something you had to say at school. Uh, for me, not only did we say it at school, but here's something else we did. 
at football games. I played football. And so um, I played my whole, you know, up till senior year, played all of high school football. And Fridays, we'd get together before the game. And we had our pads on and we joined hands. And our coach would lead us in the Lord's Prayer. He would say it, our Father who art in heaven. And I thought, I wasn't a Christian, but I thought the more that I gritted my teeth and said, our Father who art in heaven. I mean, I was like James Hetfield saying the Lord's Prayer, right? Oh, yeah. And so I I was saying the Lord's Prayer as as hard as I could say it because I believed if I said that really sincerely, he would give us victory over the football game, right? Now, we did have the best record ever in the history of our school over a four-year period, right? That group of guys did. Maybe it was because I prayed the Lord's Prayer really, really tough. Um, actually, that's not true at all, right? The Lord didn't give us victory because I did that. But I wanted to tease that out because many times that's what we think about prayer. If we say it loud enough, if we're just sincere, if we say it over and over and over again, it's going to happen. But here's what I want you to know about prayer and about the Lord's Prayer. This is something that we miss. And what was beautiful about my son gaining independence and as, he, as he does that, what's beautiful about your children gaining independence, and if you're a child, you're gaining more independence, what is beautiful in that relationship is destructive to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because what we need is not more independence. And so if you have your notes handy, uh, wherever you're watching from, if you're driving and listening to a podcast, do not take notes right now. You can take mental notes. But I want you to write this down because here's the central thought. And here's what we must know about the Lord's Prayer. Here is what Jesus was trying to communicate in a nutshell. Write this down. Prayer should be the act of total dependence on our Heavenly Father. Prayer should be. The act of total dependence on our Heavenly Father. When you look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus shows us that it is all about being dependent upon our Father. You've probably heard this prayer called the Lord's Prayer. Some call it the Disciples' Prayer. But there was a term uh, when this prayer was... Uh, you know, the Word of God was written, and uh, whenever it was released, the Gutenberg Press began to put the Word of God out. It was actually called this by one uh, preacher. It's called Ho Pater. In the Latin, our Father is Ho Pater, meaning this, our Father. They just titled it, not the Lord's Prayer, Disciples Prayer, but our Father. And that's so important because I want you to know this. This prayer is about total dependence upon our heavenly father and jesus model of prayer was this we should live dependent upon our heavenly father see many of us treat prayer like a relic we kind of say you know we treat it as uh you know the opening to an event oh we've got to pray over the food let's pray because we're we're kind of superstitious see everybody believes in prayer new agers who don't believe that christ is the only way to heaven will say i'm praying for you who are they praying to what are they praying for But here's the separation of Christianity. Prayer is not just repeating words. It's not saying words in the air. Prayer is not the essence of prayer. Listen, the the essence of Christian prayer is, is not just saying words to God. It is the act of full surrender, submission, and dependence upon our heavenly Father. But what we treat prayer as, and what I've treated prayer as, and probably you have, is we treat it as a superstitious thing to get what we want for good luck, good charms, good favor. And some people, like, like I remember when I first got saved, I believe if you just said in Jesus' name, like if you said that at the end of the prayer, that sealed the deal. Like God's going to do it. 
Hey, you know that's not the case. If you said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in the name. Like, the more times you would say in the name of Jesus, the more powerful it made your prayers. Like Mario getting powered up on Super Mario Brothers and getting the fireballs or becoming that little raccoon thing that could fly. Like the more that you said it, the more it's like, and your prayers were super powerful. But that's not the case. Prayer is not that. Prayer is not just asking God for stuff. Prayer is ho pater, our Father, the act of dependence upon our Father for everything that we do. See, it's beautiful to have independence from your parents and your Father, but it's not beautiful to have, to have independence from your Heavenly Father. What many of us do is we treat our Father in heaven like I treated my Father on earth. My Father on earth, he showed his love by giving money and just giving things, right? That was his thing. So I would just reach out and say, hey, Dad, I need some money. I didn't really have a great relationship with him. And to be honest, neither one of us wanted a, an intimate relationship. He really didn't want it. He wasn't an intimate guy. But our Heavenly Father does. But what we do is we treat our Heavenly Father like I treated my dad. Hey, Dad, can you send some money? I need some stuff. And, and we go on our way and do our thing. And we need something again. Then we just go and say, hey, can you do this for me again? It's almost like we're ringing, as I said before, the Heavenly Butler bell to our Father. And that's not the case. See, we must have dependence upon our Heavenly Father. And there's something I had to learn about dependence. We want in our lives to see God's work done through us. We want to see fruit. And so I want you to, to, to write this down in your notes. You can do many things apart from God, but none of them will have lasting fruit. You can do many things apart from God, but none of them will have lasting fruit. And see, Jesus said it this way in John 15. He said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And watch this. For apart from me, you can do how much? Nothing. But here's the thing. There are people who will do lots of things for God who don't know God. There are people who will do lots of good works and good deeds and good stuff. But here's what you have to know. If the Holy Spirit's not producing the work in you, there'll be no lasting fruit for generations to come. And that's why we have to have total dependence upon the Spirit of God to do His work in us. Our Father, we're totally dependent upon you for everything so your glory will shine in the earth. Uh, I learned this concept from Bill Bright. He passed away many years ago. He led Campus Crusade for Christ. And Bill Bright led more people to Jesus than even Billy Graham did. But Bill Bright would pray, pray four prayers every morning. And one of them was this, God, may I have lasting fruit for generations to come. And today, Bill Bright's work is still bearing fruit on the earth. Why? Because he was totally dependent upon our heavenly father to see fruit come by being dependent that the Holy Spirit would work in him. And friends, I want you to do, I want you to see lasting fruit for generations to come. I don't care. You don't have to get on a stage and do it. My grandmother, she taught toddler Sunday school for 37 years and had 25 five ministers come out of there 25 including me 
I mean, I was in toddler Sunday school and I would like draw horns on Jesus and, and tell them I love Satan, right? I mean, I wasn't the, the prototypical student in, in, in kids' church. She was faithful with that. She was a woman of prayer. She was dependent upon our Heavenly Father and what happened? Fruit for generations. See, if we don't get this, though, here's what's going to happen. I want you to understand what will happen to you and to me. This is so important. And it's probably the scariest thing that could happen to any of us. If we don't get this, then we will end up living the imposter life. The imposter life. What does that mean? It's called being a poser. Like when I grew up, when I was part of the skateboard community and I skateboarded, I remember when I first, like before I, you know, I officially joined the group of guys that we all skateboarded and we were like the rebels in the small rural town and all this stuff. And before I joined them, um, I had actually showed up one day and I was, uh, you know, I had my, you know, my, my clothes, my, my birdhouse shirt and, you know, my, my DC shoes back when they were skate shoes and not just generic shoes and all this stuff. And one of, my, one of the guys stopped me and said, hey, man, if you're going to wear that, you need to skateboard because you're a poser. I said, no, actually, I have a skateboard and I do skateboard. He said, well, come skateboard with us then. But then we looked down on people that were posers. And what was it? They wore the stuff, but they really weren't skateboarders. They were posing as something they really weren't. And here's what happens. There are many people posing as Christians who aren't really followers of Christ. Why? Because they're not totally dependent upon their heavenly father. See, I don't believe in prayer. I believe in the one who answers prayer. Everybody believes in prayer, but not everybody believes in total surrender, total submission, and they don't believe in total dependence upon our heavenly father. Matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew 7, he kind of paints the picture. He's in the Sermon on the Mount. It's his first sermon. And he says this. He says, you've got to realize that on the day of judgment, many people will show up and they will say, hey, Lord, Lord. That's emphatically two times. Did not we do many mighty works in your name? And then Jesus says that God will say, depart from me for I never knew you. So like they show up the day of judgment saying, hey, I, I got the stuff on, I'm wearing it. And then God says, no, you've been a poser your whole life. They said, well, didn't we do many mighty works? Here? I mean, we were doing stuff in your name. Like we were serving at the church. We even gave some money one time. We tipped you on one of those mission things y'all did. Like we know we even bought a spaghetti plate one time. Like, like you know, we, we, we did this. And Jesus is going to say, I, I never even knew you. See, here's the thing. They were dependent upon their works to get them to heaven instead of dependent only upon the gift of the Father, which is Jesus. They were dependent upon what they did to get them to heaven. They didn't have intimacy and they didn't have total surrender and total dependence upon our heavenly Father. And at the end of the day, you don't have to pray for four hours a day. If you do, that's great. You will outpray me, right? You don't have to know the eloquent words to say, but you do have to understand the concept that Jesus was sharing in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, Hopater, he was sharing that we must be totally dependent upon our Father. So how, how do we do this and, and, and what do we need to do? Here's a step we need to take. And if you're taking notes, write this down. In prayer, always pause to declare your total dependence on God. In prayer, always pause to declare your total dependence on God. 
Don't just pray for the sake of praying. Don't pray because you're expected to before a meal. Don't pray because it's token to do it after a meeting. Like sometimes just don't do it. It doesn't mean you're any less dependent. Here's what you need to do. You need to pause and verbally tell your heavenly father, make sure he knows and you know that God, I am totally dependent on you to do this. I don't care if you're serving coffee in the cafe. Do you want lasting fruit? Be dependent. I don't care if you're parking cars. Do you want lasting fruit? Be dependent. Before I ever get on this stage, you don't, you, most of you, don't, you don't, can't see me in the back. I always pause, pause and say, God, I'm totally dependent on you. If you don't do it through me, there'll never be lasting fruit. Our Father, I am totally dependent on you. You pause and always declare your dependence. Maybe the staff have picked up on this. Maybe the directional team have. Um, as I pray to open or close, I never do it in a token way, but I always pause and I verbally declare total dependence upon our Father, that I need you, God. See, Christianity is not helping those who help themselves. Christianity isn't being strong. Christianity is God helps those who cannot help themselves. And they admit that. It's admitting I have no power, that I need your power, God. Christianity is not being strong and powering through and making it happen in your own way. Christianity is saying, God, I'm weak. And you make weak men strong when they admit that they need help, right? You can't help somebody who never admits they need help. And that's what we have to do. We must do that. So here are two thoughts. How, how do we do this? I want to just share these with you. Our prayer should be more focused on him than us. Our prayers should be more focused on him than us. But what are our prayers about? If you think about it, listen and like take an inventory of your prayer life. Number one, we don't declare dependence. We don't say, our Father who art in heaven, help us keep your name holy. Help us to set your name apart on the earth. We can't do it ourselves, right? We don't say, God, I'm dependent upon you for all my resources and needs. We are dependent upon you for provision. We don't usually pause and say, God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. No matter of fact, it's all about our kingdom. It's all about our will. It's all about us forgiving who we want to, when we want to, ignoring the forgiveness of God toward us. It's all about us doing it all on our own. What if you flip the script? I mean, when's the last time you prayed, God, help me advance your kingdom on this earth. Help me to be someone who spreads the gospel on the earth. God, I want to see your will done today. When's the last time you actually prayed that? Because when I look at our prayer request, I'll be honest with you, it's all about our comfort and our needs. Now, God does care about, you know, the things going on in your life. He cares about your ingrown toenail. He cares about, you know, the health issues that probably you're even causing to yourself. He cares about those that you have no control over. He cares about your children. He cares about all those things. And you should ask your heavenly father for that. But here's the thing. When is the last time you've made his kingdom the priority instead of your kingdom? When's the last time in prayer that you said, God, it's not about me, it's all about you, and I want to see that happen on the earth? That's what we have to change. And then next, here's what you have to do and take inventory. We should have as many yours in our prayer life as we do mine. Even Jesus prayed that way. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Your will. 
When's the last time you've put God's plan as the focus, God's kingdom as the focus? When's the last time that you said, God, I want to make that my priority? I mean, think about this prayer. Everything in there, you're dependent upon God on. Even the forgiveness of sins. What, really? Yes. The reason you can forgive is why? Because he forgave you. You're dependent upon food. You're dependent upon your paycheck. Your boss doesn't pay you. God brings that paycheck to you. You have to realize that and come down to the point you say, I need you. It's more about your kingdom and your will and your glory and your power to be shown than it is mine on this earth. And I want to encourage you to flip the script, to have total dependence, to have hopater, our heavenly father, to be dependent upon that. Give us this day our daily bread. George Mueller, if you've never read his diaries, I'll never forget reading through those. He was such a man of faith. He had an orphanage, and, he, and, they, and they were all very poor. He didn't have a lot of money. And he sat down, and one morning, the children all sat down and said, Mr. Mueller, where's our breakfast? He says, we must pause to pray. He says, our Father, give us this day our daily bread because we have none. They had no food. They had nothing. And about that time, a man showed up at the door while he was praying, knocking. And he opened the door. He says, Mr. Mueller, we had leftover uh, milk. It's fresh. Uh, we actually have some bread. We just, wanted, we just felt like we needed to come drop it off to you. And the children were amazed that they asked their heavenly father, and he showed up. See, I got cornered one time when I was a young Christian by a religious person who went to church. He says, I don't really believe in prayer. I mean, if God already knows what you need, why even ask him? And, and, you know, and as a young Christian, I pondered that. I said, that's a great question. If he already knows you need it, then why would you even ask him? Here's why. Because you are declaring total dependence upon your father. He knows you need it. But you need to let him know that you know he'll come through for it. And you say, God, I am totally dependent upon you that you are going to make this thing happen. And that's true prayer, friends. That's what Christian prayer is. New Age prayer is just asking God stuff and sending positive vibes and thoughts. Christian prayer is, God, we're totally dependent upon you for the healing of our brothers and sisters. We're totally dependent upon you for our provision. We're totally dependent upon you for everything we do. God, I'm totally dependent upon you right now as I preach that you would do a work in people's hearts because I can't do it, only you can. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this week. Take time to say, God, I am going to be totally dependent upon you. Verbally say that every day and watch lasting fruit for generations to come. Stay tuned for next steps.